a gun is fired somewhere in your city. So what happens now? In the past, there was a slim chance the shooting would be reported to police at all. Even when it was, it took precious time, and there was often confusion regarding the location of the shooting and other pertinent information. At least, that's how things were. It's possible you've never heard of it, but ShotSpotter is the world's largest gunshot detection system. This call is being recorded. My name is Ralph Clark, and I'm the president and CEO of ShotSpotter. ShotSpotter is an audio surveillance technology that detects, locates, and alerts police to outdoor gunfire. Their system is installed in over 100 cities across the United States. The company was founded 20 years ago by a Dr. Bob Schoen, who had been a research scientist at an institution called Stanford Research Institute, using MAP to triangulate or pinpoint the locations or epicenters of earthquakes and things like that. And he had the notion that he could apply those same principles acoustically and be able to perhaps identify and triangulate or pinpoint uh, gunfire. So how does it work? ShotSpotter installs a network of outdoor microphones, or in their words, acoustic acoustic sensors, sensors. on lampposts, rooftops, or anywhere high up. The sensors are designed to suppress ambient noise and pick up on the impulsive pops and booms of gunfire. Once gunfire is detected, the sensors triangulate and timestamp the noise. The sound is then sent to ShotSpotter headquarters in Newark, California. Uh, Just on the other side of the bridge from Facebook. For human review. 24-7. 365, these folks on a real-time basis will be listening to and looking at these pops, booms, and bangs, and they'll make the final determination whether to publish that incident or not. ShotSpotter acoustic analysts receive extensive training on reviewing and classifying gunfire by distinguishing gunshots from other impulsive sounds that are not gunshots. And so they listen to it, they look at it. When they look at it, they're looking at the sound waveforms. The gunshot looks like a sideways Christmas tree. So it starts like really fat at the top and then it'll kind of taper down uh, toward the end. And that whole process takes uh, between 30 and 45 seconds from the trigger being pulled to the alert showing up in a police department's 911 dispatch center. Gunfire on the streets of Camden, New Jersey. New anti-crime technology is in operation in Baltimore. Denver police are testing out their shot spotter technology. On Chicago's south side in the neighborhood of Englewood, police report a stunning 43% drop in shootings last year, largely because of these shot spotters. We're deployed in over 100 cities. We have two international deployments, one in Nassau, Bahamas, and then the other one in Cape Town, South Africa. It first started, was tested essentially in Kruger National Park to assist with poaching and then was put up in Cape Town. Today, ShotSpotter charges cities somewhere between $65,000 and $90,000 per square mile per year. The NYPD is expanding its electronic senses from eyes to ears. In March of 2015, the NYPD installed 300 audio sensors in precincts in Brooklyn and the Bronx as part of a pilot program. They were saying, hey, there's no way they can be successful here in New York because our environment is so unique, it's so different, it's so challenging. About a year later, Mayor Bill de Blasio and Police Commissioner Bill Bratton announced the official rollout of ShotSpotter in all five boroughs. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Bill Bratton sat on the board of ShotSpotter before he was reappointed to the Office of Police Commissioner in 2013. This new gunshot detection system is going to do a world of good. 
Now we're deployed across all five boroughs and have uh, just around 70 square miles deployed. Uh, NYPD in New York City is our second largest customer, with our largest customer being New York City that has over 115 square miles deployed. The progress that's made by this department is because of a, an ethic, uh, an ethic that is focused on innovation, on constantly improving the work. Uh, Commissioner Bratton epitomizes this and what he did by developing the ComStat system is, I think, the epitome of this notion in the history of our city and the history of policing in our city. ShotSpotter is the latest in a string of police technology embraced by the NYPD. Tech that includes ComStat, a data-driven system introduced by Rudy Giuliani and Bill Bratton in the mid-90s. The ComStat system is criticized for the role it played in broken windows policing and the stop, question, and frisk harassment of hundreds of thousands of black and brown New Yorkers. But that idea of constantly innovating, constantly trying to take uh, advantage of the newest technology, looking at ways to do things better and differently than before, that pervades this agency, and it's part of why it is the finest police force in this country. While ShotSpotter had buy-in from the city, de Blasio's announcement was met with skepticism from citizens demanding more information about the new surveillance technology that was projected to cost the city $3 million in its first year. Read the comments under any ShotSpotter news spot, or scroll YouTube, and you'll quickly uncover a world of ShotSpotter conspiracy theorists. Hi, thanks for watching. I know these videos are kind of boring and tedious and such, but they are just to compile and document all the fear-mongering propaganda that is ShotSpotter. In 2012, a ShotSpotter mic in Massachusetts recorded an excerpt of a conversation following a shooting. There's one edge case that the privacy people always point to, which is literally um, someone happened to be standing underneath a sensor, someone shot them, and they responded, like literally after they shot him, like, why you do me like that, Jay, or something like that. They said, why you do me like that XYZ person? And um, that got a lot of notoriety because that helped finger the person. The, the privacy surveillance discussions is coming up more frequently, and we've actually engaged a uh, independent body to come in and do an audit of our company from a privacy point of view. My name's Farhang Haideri. I'm the executive director of the Policing Project at NYU Law School. Earlier this year, Ralph Clark reached out to the Policing Project, a nonprofit dedicated to fighting for transparent, ethical, and effective policing policies. Our mission is to work with communities and police to achieve more just and more effective policing. When we think about policing, our goal is public safety. That means more than just neighborhoods that don't have crime. It means improved relationships with police departments. It means communities having a voice in how they're policed. So far, the policing project has only worked with a few tech companies, including Axon, the largest maker of body cameras in the United States, and ShotSpotter. You know, we thought if we could help a dozen tech companies improve their practices, that we'd actually have a huge impact on the field as opposed to a dozen police departments. With ShotSpotter specifically, we worked on a privacy audit. So tackling the question of what's the risk to individual personal privacy posed by ShotSpotter. Mr. Heyderi says surveillance technology can be divided into two categories, eyes and ears. Yeah, I think audio is a lot safer generally. Um, I worry less about individualized tracking. 
it's harder to track your movements using audio. Uh, it's harder to do any kind of predictive uh, work on audio. So I, I, I worry about it a little less. Look, this is a problem with every policing technology. Companies, police departments, they're not particularly transparent about how the tech works, what their policies are on collecting data, on storing data, on using data. You know, the Fourth Amendment doesn't give you a lot of protection when you're out in public. So if private companies want to put up cameras or license plate readers to watch you in public, there's not much constitutional law around that. In July of 2019, the Policing Project released their report on ShotSpotter. When they graded us, they said, you know, you're basically doing all the right things, but here are a couple things that you can go further in or you can tighten this up or tweak this. The first recommendation we made was to reduce the length of time that audio is stored. You know, is the data on the sensors encrypted? What's the data retention strategy? They stored audio for about three days on any particular sensor. So now it's closer to about one day. We also got them to really change their internal practices with who has access to audio and what sort of audit trails are generated every time someone listens in. Anytime anyone accesses that sensor, we're gonna know who it was, when it was. And the last change was to put really strong language in their policies and in their public statements that they would not allow police or DAs or anyone else to use ShotSpotter as a audio surveillance device. The company is now committed to fighting any subpoenas uh, for audio if they ever get them. One big recommendation was for ShotSpotter to draft a clear outward-facing privacy policy. I think every policing uh, tech company should have totally clear policies that are written for regular folks, not written by lawyers. And then frankly, every police department should do the same thing. They should make their use policies clear, put it up for the public. You know, I'm wary about any new technology, especially when you're using technology on neighborhoods that already have borne the brunt of violence and over-policing and, you know, decades of biased police practices. I don't see ShotSpotter as um, being too concerning on that front because these are gunshots. And in New York City, there's not a lot of good reasons for there to be gunshots. You know, it's a degree of objective evidence. And I actually think that it's really damaging to police community relations when police don't respond to gunfire. According to a report from the Urban Institute, 80% of gunshot incidents go unreported to 911. Many of those incidents occur in black and brown neighborhoods. Ralph Clark sees ShotSpotter as leveling the playing field, but both he and Mr. Hayderi acknowledge that technology is not a solution to gun violence. Um, it's just not about shot spotter. It's about response protocol. It's about the strategy that the police department has to better serve at-risk underserved communities and integrate our technology with other technologies and also uh, integrate it with other processes and other programs. There's decades of research out there on gun violence prevention and the one thing that everyone agrees on is there's no one solution. Um, it really needs to be a comprehensive strategy of regulating how people get weapons, background checks. You know, I think addressing root causes of gun violence is incredibly important. And I think one of those root causes is the relationships between police and their communities. If communities feel over-policed, and by that I mean policed in ways that aren't productive, 
then people don't like to report crimes. They don't like to serve as witnesses. And so I think no matter what the tech is or no matter what the research says, it all has to be within the context of police listening to their communities, working with their communities.